What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, before we get started, I just wanted to shout out the winner of our very first giveaway. Congratulations, Caitlin Blavelt. You have successfully become a $100 heir and you get to enjoy the feeling of being a winner. Stay tuned in the future for more giveaways. Seriously Sinister discusses true petty crimes that may be disturbing to some. Or it could be easy listening to all of you psychopaths out there. Names and places have been changed to protect the hosts legally. Listener discretion is not advised. Welcome to Seriously Sinister, the show that never says its closing catchphrase the same way twice. (laughs) This is Trevin. Oh my god. And I'm Amanda, and I feel like my laugh sounds the same in every single (laughs) intro. It kind of does, but that's all right. Do you think that people probably think I'm faking this laugh? I'm I'm sure maybe somebody does, but if they knew you. Well, you listen here, I laugh a lot. Yeah, to the one person that I just hypothetically made up, how dare you? dare you oh my god do you have any dreadful dilemmas this week trevin i've got the dreadfulest dilemma Uh, let's hear it all right as you all know i have been looking for a house Mm -hmm. and that process is uh getting harder and also kind of speeding up so they asked me my landlord asked me do i want to renew my lease and i said i would like to go month to month because i think i'm pretty close to cracking this house thing so they said they had to reach out to the owner of the house because he rents the house out through an like an agency or whatever. And uh, I'm sitting here on my couch and some dude comes up on my front porch and sticks a paper on my front door and then just runs off. I was like, oh, some creep. I wonder what he's trying to sell. And I something just told me this ain't right. Oh, God. So I went and looked and they put a thing on my door that said, you decided not to renew Get out by the 30th of June. Oh, so that's how they told that's you? That's how they told me. And so Wow. They I didn't was, tell you on the phone? No. That, see, what had happened was I said, oh, we'll call your the owner and get back with you. And the way they got back with me was a paper on the door. It was at like six o'clock that they had sent this person. So I knew calling them wouldn't do me any good. We have like this weird little portal thing where you can send messages. And I said, well, um, I was expected a phone call back with a answer and i guess i got it i said i am calling you first thing in the morning like i put my karen pants on and i sent that little message and they 
one of the guys actually there answered it and said, oh, yeah, Trevin, turns out we reached out to the owner and he said he wants to sell the house. So you can't renew. And I'm like, oh, no, this is not good because there's some other things going on behind the scenes in my housing situation that has halted my progress with getting the house. And it's, it's out yeah. of my control. So it's it's kind of one of those things where it's not like, oh, I could have done better here. It's like, I'm really at the mercy of another situation that's kind of holding me back. I did not want to be in this situation. I absolutely hate moving. And now the way it's looking, I will have to be moved out at the end of this month. This episode will be coming out June 6th or something like that. I have until June well, kind of until June 30th to get my stuff out and I will be temporarily taking my three cats and Emily and we will be living in Emily's friend's basement. And uh, if anybody who knows me, I am a person who needs my space. Yeah, I uh, am a very introverted person and I will not have my safety net home to go to. I've been thinking more and more about it. And it's just like, am I going to start going out more often now? Because I don't have a <laughs> right. home. Uh, right. I mean, I've looked at all my different options. I mean, there's some nice bridges around here that were <laughs> kind of catching my eye, but it's it's stressful. And not only that, it's I know I'm like I said, I feel like I'm close to cracking it on this yeah. housing housing thing. But now because of this situation, I will have to move twice. Oh, uh, yeah, that's the worst. Moving sucks, but at least you move with the the promise of a better home or a, a nicer home situation. Or a better tomorrow. Yeah, a better tomorrow. <laughs> I will be moving all of my stuff to a situation where I'm, uh, it's a major downgrade for me. Yeah. And then I will just, it'll make that second move feel so great, but right. <laughs> I still hate moving my stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's going to really suck. Are you guys just going to get a storage unit? So we've talked about. Yeah. Um, uh, we've had some friends say, you know, they're unnecessarily expensive, so maybe there's a way we can get around it. Yeah. And maybe somebody will let us use some space. But for now, it's what we're thinking about. I was able to kind of sweet talk and negotiate them into saying that we can stay until the end of July. However, they're going to start the selling process and they want us to, you can only, we can only stay till the end of July if we can navigate realtor showing times, which Emily works from home. We would have to get all the cats out every time it happened. It would be a lot of trouble. Yeah. Bring the kitties to my house. That's okay. I will welcome them. Oh, they would love it. <laughs> Boots <laughs> or, would. Or hate it, <laughs> yeah. depending on the cat. Oh, Trevin, I'm so, so sorry. Like we've said so many times, the housing market is just awful right now and very stressful. Plus, you mm -hmm. have like a million other stressors on top of this one stressful thing already. So yep. uh, I just, I hopefully you guys will find one before you have to move into the friend's house. That would be the best. If we can find a place in a miracle amount of time and we can close or the closing date would be somewhere in July, we would make the realtor thing work for a couple of weeks and move the cats back and forth in time to only have to make one move. But I will have the answers on that very soon because if that process isn't starting within the next couple of weeks, then I am going to the friend's house. Mm -hmm. But I will still do my best to get all of our episodes <laughs> edited and sound effects done and songs done. and Even if it's under a bridge, right? Even if it's under a bridge. You'll just go to Starbucks and steal the Wi-Fi. And <laughs> yeah. And I'll be making making weird sound effects in the middle of Starbucks. And 
my god. I can't even imagine the list that you send me <laughs> of sound effects that you need each week. Doing that in a Starbucks, I can't. Well, I'm so sorry, Trevin. That is very dreadful. It is. I also do have a dreadful dilemma this week. I have had five dogs, a cat, a toddler, and a husband all in my house for, is this day three, I think it is? Mm -hmm. And, you know, as much of an animal lover as I am, having five dogs is a lot of dogs in our house. Yeah. So even if I love all of the dogs, it's just a lot. I think they're going, the three extra dogs I have right now are going back to their owners today. And then just on a personal note, I was going to ask all of our Doom crew, I have so many family illnesses and a death and all sorts of stuff. So just send my family some good vibes right now because... Oh, God. The the dog thing seems minuscule to yeah. the reason why I'm watching the dogs. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's my dreadful dilemma this week. And it sucks, too. Oh, God. Well, we are going to play our top five game. Well, before, I need <gasps> oh. to uh, hype it up. This is oh, a triple yes. feature episode. Yes. We uh, have another guest reader on this week i almost forgot somehow i don't even know how i could forget her because oh my god our guest reader this week is so adorable so cool she's another podcast friend of ours Mm -hmm. who has a show and she is going to be reading one of her true petty crime stories and then you did all the music and the production unlike our first um guest yes. readers correct yes murder she joked used some of my music and did their own sound effects and editing and everything for this we had becca from the west london witch podcast write her own send me just the file of her talking and i sinisterized it nice so, i can't freaking wait yeah. you guys i i heard her just talking and i freaking love her voice by oh, the way it's so, good. it's so so good but i'm actually going to be hearing trevin's version of the story all like today for the first time so i'm really excited so yeah we have three freaking stories again this week how yes. exciting and we will be saving her for last like we did last time yes yes oh my freaking god i can't wait so yeah that'll be really fun and also did you say this was coming out in early june this episode yeah i believe it is it'll be june 9th is when this comes out okay so when this episode comes out we will have already announced our giveaway winner uh that was our very first big giveaway that we just did so hopefully we'll be able to do many more of those so that's exciting And then also, for everyone who's been following us on social media, the horror movie bracket has been going on. Everyone's been voting on our stories every day until we narrow it down to a scary movie that I will have to watch. Yes, and we are still figuring out how we are going to present that when it's all said and done. I know, because I feel like we need to watch it together. I can't watch it alone. Mm -hmm. And maybe we need to somehow give our listeners a behind the scene. I don't know. I don't know how we're going to do it, but Mm -hmm. I'm terrified of whatever movie wins. And it seems like people are getting really into that. So yeah, the voting is a, is fun. I'm glad people have been a part of it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do our top five game. And before we start, I just want to say, I forgot to acknowledge this last episode. 
I absolutely love the little sound bit that you created for this one because it's the little creepy child in it is my daughter, everyone. So I'm like a proud mom, even though she sounds like a horror baby. Yeah, like she's murdering people with a chainsaw. (laughs) That a girl. That's my girl right there. (laughs) Um, But okay. Uh, do you want me to go first since I will be telling my story first this week? Sure. Okay. So my top five list today, and I would like you to try and guess before I say them. What do you think the top five most dangerous animals are? God, we have the same fucking one. No, we don't. (laughs) Do we? I have the most deadliest animal. How did this happen? Oh. This is what happens when you try to surprise each other with stuff. Oh my god. Um, well, it turns out that Trevin and I both had the same top five. So um, you're not going to guess because you know the answers. Nope. You little cheetah. <laughs> and, and cheetah is not on the top five most dangerous animals. So anyway, I'm just going to go ahead and read these out. Okay. Number five, and I have no idea how to pronounce this. Mm-hmm. Do you? No. Tisetis fly? It's a fly. I don't know. That was the worst probably version of a pronunciation I could have done. Basically, it just carries a lot of diseases and is nasty. Number four is dogs, which that one really made me sad that that's on the list. Mm -hmm. But I guess a lot of the reasons why it's on the list is because of rabies in particular. It's not really just like about dog attacks. So that was weird. Snakes is number three. Specifically, the viper is really dangerous. What was interesting, Trevin, is that when we were comparing our top fives that we both had the same, yours had the top one and two switch from mine. So I think they're very, very close. Mm -hmm. But number two, I had humans, which... Let's be real. I mean, humans are very freaking dangerous. Look yes. around. <laughs> Look at what we're doing to each other. Look at the world. <laughs> oh, the horror. <laughs> and then my number one was mosquitoes, which I don't know if you know this about me, but I have a real, real, real fear of mosquitoes. Emily's got that too. And ticks. Oh, yeah. Ticks are so nasty, too. Mosquitoes, they just, they carry so many diseases. And also, I'm really allergic to them. So when I get bit by one, I just freaking hate mosquitoes with everything inside of me. I get that. So that's the top five. But you already knew that, Trevin. I don't know if our listeners did. However, I hope you didn't. So there's that. Thought you're not as good as me, listeners, who (laughs) already looked it up. such little shits to our, our doomed us crew today? today. We're feisty, okay? We're feisty. Yeah, we put on our sassy pants. <laughs> All right, what's your unprepared top five for me today? Yeah, so this is unprepared. I had this idea of doing this top five for our first one, and I didn't do it. You know, I have this bad habit of a lot of our episodes have something to do with food. I keep finding my way talking about it. I'm doing episodes about ordered pizza, and I'm doing episodes about... Just so much different food stuff. Final meals. I've talked about that twice now. You talked about the throne rolls. Yeah, the throne rolls. So, yeah, there's a lot of different things. And I actually 
shelved this idea because I was like, oh, me and food Not again. Not another food item. But like, I'm starting to feel like a Weird Al album where I'm just talking about food all the time. But <laughs> so I wanted to do the most deadly fruits. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. I thought it would be just random to do. Okay. I've also found that if you want to talk about not being able to say things correctly, here we go. Oh. oh. No. Do you have any guesses on any of these? A lot of them are going to be kind of rare fruits. I, you know, I really don't. I don't have an idea. I just know that when you're out in the wild, there's certain berries that you just shouldn't eat, but I wouldn't know what they are. So I would probably die. That's fair. I'm probably going to just read these, explain a little bit, and I'm just going to have to edit it down probably cool. to make this make sense. <laughs> so I'm using a website called tinmosttoday.com. So the number five is something called manchineal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Question mark? Yeah. It's right. also called a beach apple. Let's go with beach apple. Love yeah, that. Beach apple's fun. This native fruit of Caribbean and Mexico, it looks tasty but can be deadly. A simple touch of its tree and its fruits is dangerous, can cause oral and esophageal ulcerations and also severe edema. Oh my god. If it reaches your lymph nodes, it can cause cervical pain. Uh wow. Yeah. That's awful. And skin blistering and it's it shouldn't even have the name beach apple. It should have a like <laughs> death circle. Like, yeah, don't, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The no no touchy plant. Like, like, yeah, like something other than you picturing yourself on a beach eating an apple. Yeah, like don't even give it a food name. Just don't. Yeah, like this should be like stay away, stay the fuck away. Yeah, that's, that's too long and too aggressive. But okay, what else you got? <laughs> uh, so number four is something called Jatropha. <laughs> amazing yeah this is you want to know what i sound like when i don't know what the hell i'm talking about here we go (laughs) um Uh there have been reports that people have been hospitalized due to jatropha fruit poisoning this fruit was named black vomit nut and purge nut (laughs) because it can cause extreme pain when ingested it can cause a burning feeling in the throat and also abdominal pain nausea vomiting and diarrhea will follow in severe cases, dehydration and cardiovascular collapse might occur. I don't think Tums is going to help you with that one. No, 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 no. Holy cow. At least that one's like the vomit nut or what is it called? The black yeah. vomit black nut? Black vomit nut. That sounds a little less enticing than beach apple. Yes. Beach apple sounds tropical and enjoying. Yeah. What? Uh, so number three, we've got the berry, which is Y-E-W. Okay. They're beautiful. They're of a nice red color. They kind of look like raspberries. This beautiful yewberry tree is commonly found in most parts of the Middle East, North America, and Europe. Though its blood red berries are not poisonous, the seeds, bark, and leaves can be dangerous to humans. In mild cases, symptoms of poisoning may include headache, vomiting, diarrhea, muscle weakness, dizziness, stomach pain, trembling, dilated pupils, and trembling? What the hell? (laughs) Trembling's on there twice. Either you tremble a lot, or you just need to learn to edit your websites a little better. Or maybe you tremble, then you have some, what was the thing in the middle? Eye pain, and then you tremble some more? Dilated pupils. <laughs> Eye pain. You can tell what a great listener I am. Yeah, thanks. Oh uh, it says severe poisoning symptoms could lead to irregular heartbeat, difficulty breathing, convulsions, coma, and death. Oh my God. My word. Yes. So that's fun. Uh, Number okay. two is something called strychnine. <laughs> strychnine? I don't know. 
I don't know. It, I think it's called Strict Nine. Oh yeah, I think I've heard of that. Strict think, Nine. Yeah, if if not, Strict Nine is a a product of some sort. I don't know. Right. Yeah, it's, it's spelled S T R Y C H N I N E. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, fine. So strict Nine. We'll keep the Strict Nine in there. <laughs> I loved that. It sounded like you were German for a second. <laughs> strict Nine. <laughs> Although it would be Strict Nine in in that situation. So native to Southern Asia and Australia, the strychnine fruit plant was used for centuries around the world to produce a poison. Any small amount from its fruit is dangerous and can cause death. Dried seeds may cause high blood pressure, severe stomach ache, and heart failure. Abusive intake can significantly affect a person's senses. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, that's awful as well. Like what are with all these beautiful berries poisoning everybody? I don't know. Was that all of them? Oh, I think you have one more. Yeah, I also can't count. (laughs) Uh, So our last one is going to be the Pangeum Edule. Edule? Sounds great. Yeah, it's a lot better than some of these other ones I've done. (laughs) These aren't cute. They look like rocks. So at least I don't want to eat them. Yeah, that's a plus. Or kind of like when you go to like a grandma's house and they have like all those different nuts in the nutcracker and there's like the big walnut thing. Like, I don't want to go through the trouble that's what this looks like oh so okay i don't think you're gonna just accidentally want to eat this yeah great so this tropical fruit contains hydrogen cyanide and also known as a fruit that nauseates before eating the pangeum edule fruit the boiled seeds must be soaked or buried for months in the leaves of banana <laughs> to release the cyanide Oh, my God. If properly and safely prepared, this can be incorporated in your favorite dishes. Oh, that's good. Excessive (laughs) ingestion or improper preparation of this fruit can cause poisoning and will develop symptoms like headache, dizziness, weakness, confusion, shortness of breath. I think there needed to be a comma there. And could lead to cardiac arrest and worse, death. Death. Wow. Wow. Why would people still like, does it taste that good that you need to bury it under banana leaves and release the cyanide to put it in your dang salad? Yeah, that would have to taste so damn good for me to be like, all right, there's a chance if I mess this up, there's death. Right. But you won't believe the flavor. Oh, it just pairs so well <laughs> with this wine I have prepared for you tonight. The yes, real chef's I, kiss. <laughs> I prepared the wine as well. <laughs> Okay, I know that was a completely unprepared top five, but honest to God, that like really, really cracked me up. So I think I think it was good. Yeah, I think that was that still turned out fun. Oh my god. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Okay. We are going to be getting into our story portion. Yeah, yeah. And like we said earlier, we do have three stories today, and I will be going first. So my story this week is another personal experience of mine. Just to clear this up from the beginning, I am not the perpetrator this time. All right. I know I've done a lot of personal stories where I am, but this was something that was done to me. I have changed the names of everyone involved, but here we go. Can you reflect back to when you were in eighth grade? I mean, really picture it. What did you look like? How did you act? Who were your best friends? I know for me personally, this reflection back to my middle school years is almost as terrifying as the petty crime I'm about to tell. But alas, nothing is more terrifying than a crime involving middle school girls. During these awkward adolescent years, I was a lanky girl with braces and an identity crisis. I was always battling with fitting in and standing out. Ironically enough, when I was in eighth grade, the movie Mean Girls came out in theaters. Burn books and toaster strudels were all the rage, and Regina George's Everywhere terrified us into submission. It was a rough-ass time to be a preteen girl. Although there was one night that wasn't so rough, New Year's Eve of 2005, I received my very first real kiss from a boy who I will call Tanner. In my diary, I had written, He stopped. We looked at each other, and we started to French kiss makeout. We messed up a few times, and my hair got in his mouth once, but we laughed about it. So clearly I was on cloud nine, French kissing Tanner, and not worrying about what the mean girls had in store for me. Because one of the Reginas of the popular girls who I was friends with still liked Tanner. They had briefly dated beforehand, but I thought both of them had moved on. I was wrong. The next week, my grandparents had decided to come down to visit us for the weekend. During all of that family time, my young heart thought about Tanner. As I lay my lovesick body down to rest, I fell asleep with a brace-faced smile. Waking up the next morning, I felt like I had woken up into a battle zone. I heard my mom using her, don't fuck with me voice, as she raised her volume into our home phone. Her words began to come into focus as I heard her say, I know those girls did it because they wrote their initials on it. I groggily stood up out of bed, all while hearing voices outside now. Walking out of the front door, I saw my grandparents and dad all standing around my grandparents' car. My grandma was giving her disappointed scowl that she had perfected over the years and said, Now why in the world would these girls do this to our car and to your house? I rubbed my eyes and looked over at the car in question. I paused, blinked, then saw the slimy yellow egg that was running down the side of my grandparents' driver's side door. My mom came outside saying, I can't believe she doesn't think her daughter and the rest of them that slept over last night did this. I told her about their initials and she still sounded hesitant. 
my brain immediately perked up as I remembered that the mean girls had all been invited to a sleepover a block away from my house. Where did they write their initials? I asked as my mom recognized I was standing there. That's when she handed me the note. It was a ransom-styled note, spelling out the threat with letters cut out from preteen magazines. The papier-mâché typography read as follows. Watch your back. And sure enough, below were all five mean girls' initials, including their middle initials as well. These were the same girls that had all attended last night's sleepover. Even though I was mortified when I noticed more eggs that had been thrown at our house, I couldn't help but laugh when I saw those initials. What idiot criminals, I thought to myself. Sure enough, about 30 minutes later, we see the mean girl pack along with their mean mama that ran last night's sleepover approaching our house by foot. I prepared for combat, as I knew they weren't the type to surrender. That's why I was beyond caught off guard when the mean mom explained that she had asked the girls if they committed this heinous crime, and they pled guilty. These girls are going to clean this up for you, mean mama stated. Excellent, I thought to myself. But to my horror, my own fellow soldier and mother had offered me up as a sacrifice and said, Amanda can help too. Before I could even fully react to this betrayal, Mean Mama shot down the offering. The Mean Girls were held fully responsible. My mom later confessed she thought having us clean up the eggs together that maybe we could all bond. She must have forgotten that in the movie Mean Girls... Friendships only started to improve once Regina had been hit by a bus and put in a weird metal cast. In the end, none of it really mattered. Tanner and I broke up, got back together, and broke up again. And the mean girls aren't so mean these days. For me, I just try to look at the humor of this crime. And that's what I call looking at the sunny side up. Wow, that... Mama, that mean mama, actually liked her idea of justice. (laughs) I loved it too. I still to this day remember seeing them approaching our house thinking, oh hell, here we go. And then when she said that they were going to clean up all the eggs, I just, I was so smug. I felt justice being done. And then Mm -hmm. when my mom was like, oh, she can help too. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But me and Mama shot that down real quick. I like Thank that. God. Now, the diary entry about my first kiss is literally what I said about my first kiss. It's so ridiculous. So you went digging for that just for authenticity? I did. I, did. I, wanted, I wanted to get in that mindset again. And I was really hoping that I wrote about the actual egging of my house and my grandparents' car. But I didn't. I had a whole bitch session about the people who egged my car, but I never wrote about that for some reason. Huh. But yeah, I, I I went searching through and I was like, you know, the whole reason my house got egged was because of this first kiss that I had. Mm-hmm. So it tied in and I really wanted to get that authentic diary journal effect. <laughs> nice. 
Can you believe they put their initials on the note? Yeah, I don't know what. I mean, that's that's teens for you. They cut out the letters individually. Watch your back and all different. Oh, like, like ransom. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. And so it was, and they put it on my grandparents' car and just egged my house in their car. It was so ridiculous. And I, I honestly, I remember as a teenager just laughing when I saw the initials because I was like, okay, dummies. Like, <laughs> exactly who you are mm-hmm. oh it was so funny good times good times I wonder if your grandparents were like what did we do wrong oh yeah because their car i remember it was closest to the road so it was like a very mm-hmm. easy target <laughs> i think my dad ended up just getting that one with the hose when he went out to water the plants in the morning because i don't remember them <laughs> having to clean <laughs> her car Wow, it's like, this girl kissed this guy. She can't drive, but I'm going to egg this car. Right, right. Like, my God. And the guy, he didn't turn out to be anything. So it's like, come on, girls. We shouldn't have wasted our time. And I bet he was smitten. Oh, God. You would throw eggs for me? (laughs) How romantic. I know. (laughs) And I had to throw in the Mean Girls reference because that movie was my whole entire world. Oh, I still love that movie. I love it. Oh, God, I love it. So, are we ready for your story this week? Oh, we are ready. Okay. This one is out of the news. Mm -hmm. I would say it's not a personal story, but I feel personally touched by its message. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. All right. Here we go. There is no two-word combination in the English language more terrifying than moving day. Whether you are asked by your helpless friend or family member, or you're simply migrating to your new place of residence, all paths to this new home go straight through hell itself. Whether you rent a moving truck, or just ask the one person you know with a vehicle big enough to handle all of your worthless junk, it all goes the same way. Your soul dies a slow and painful death as each part of the life you've held down is uprooted and piled atop itself. All of the memories and things that have brought you joy are condensed and removed of the life it once gave you. While every step in the arms of a stranger or bump in transit, your most prized possessions run the risk of damage. This is without mention of the act itself As the person moving, it is your responsibility to assemble your own ragtag group of movers, assuming you can't afford to throw cash at paid professionals. These are usually friends and family members who feel a strong sense of love towards you, but generally lose it by the end of the day. Enjoy your new house, you suck. There's the older leader of the bunch, who has been through their fair share of moves. They are usually in the biggest hurry, and are very skilled at the game of Furniture Tetris. They have no sentimental attachment to your stuff, so they are willing to take big risks in the name of efficiency. You'll usually hear them saying things like, It ain't gonna break, and That should hold. There's the mother of the group, who is usually spending a little extra time in the newly emptied rooms, trying to do additional pre-cleaning, They're always quick to point out some of the corners that you've neglected to clean through the time of your residency. How 
did you live like this? Along with one or two additional henchmen brought in as hired muscle, there's always that one person who doesn't want to be there. You will usually find them staring at obvious things that need to be done, but acting like they don't know what to do next. Everyone wants to ask them why they even came, but they don't. The melding of all of these personalities, along with physical labor and some sort of inclement weather, only causes the relationships to fester. The leader tires out early, the hired muscle doesn't like being told what to do, the mother is annoyed with the filth, and your heart is about to give out, watching all of your stuff get destroyed before your very eyes. But it's all worth it in the end, because after the deed is done, everyone gets some free shitty pizza that you purchase. This is a story about an impending moving day, and the man who would stop at nothing to avoid it. Chuck Dangle was your average temperamental man. He was always quick to turn a normal conversation into an opportunity for some backhanded remark. This is a nice house for your income. Most would say he was unpleasant, while others would call him a straight-up asshole. He had lived in his third-floor apartment unit since the latter part of 2018. He would usually keep to himself in his apartment, but would use up multiple parking spots of the complex to work on project cars. As he was a masculine white male, he felt that everyone would naturally make room for him. After all, the need for him to have multiple parking spots as one human adult outweighed the need of a one-vehicle family. They could always park on the street or at some other business. Unfortunately, Mr. Haberfield, Chuck's landlord, did not agree. Chuck's door had gotten multiple papers and notices urging him to remove his project cars from the parking spaces. Having to throw away all of these notices was very inconvenient for Chuck. He knew that his white privilege would protect him from needing to heed the warnings of these papers. That was until Chuck returned from work one day to find that his project cars had been towed away. He called Mr. Haberfield and demanded he bring his vehicles back. Mr. Haberfield explained to Chuck that since he did not move his cars, he would move them for him. Chuck would have to pay to get them from the tow lot and take them somewhere else. This meant war to Chuck, as he felt he was being treated completely unfairly from his landlord. From that point on, Chuck refused to pay rent. If he thinks he can punish me for breaking the rules, he's got another thing coming, Chuck thought to himself. As time went on, more and more notices showed up on Chuck's door, until one final notice appeared. Chuck was being evicted. At this point, Chuck wasn't sure if he was more mad at his landlord or frightened at the thought of a moving day. He almost felt remorse for the way he retaliated towards Mr. Haberfield. As the notice gave him 90 days to vacate, he decided to ignore the problem and hope it would fix itself. As luck would have it, at the end of the second month, COVID-19 swept across the United States. Businesses closed, and the government placed a new eviction moratorium which prevents the eviction of tenants who are unable to make rental payments. 
Much like a kid who makes faces at other students behind the protection of a teacher, Chuck mocked Mr. Haverfield and enjoyed his rent-free apartment for 14 more months. This was the life of luxury for Chuck. He was able to blow his rent money on things he didn't need, and there was nothing his landlord could do about it. But like most good things, this could not last forever. By the end of March 2021, the news had broke that the eviction moratorium would soon be lifted. The news of this made Chuck remember all of the anger he felt about his cars being towed over a year ago. I can't believe something this unfair would happen to me, Chuck said to himself, in only a way an innocent victim could. There was no way that he would let a technicality like this give Mr. Haverfield the last laugh. Before the moratorium lifted, Chuck laid waste to his apartment. He splattered red paint and cooked rice across the walls of every room. Spray-painted profanities on the doors and kicked out a window. As Chuck was not one of the cleanest people, he decided to take all of the trash he hadn't thrown out and scattered it across the apartment. Clothes, broken pieces of furniture, and eggs covered the floors. Chuck looked back at his hard work, wiped the sweat from his brow, and chuckled at how good of a job he did. Try to make me move now, you sick son of a bitch, he said to himself while leaving the apartment forever. Mr. Haverfield finally came back and found his destroyed apartment unit. He gasped in fright. His eyes could not believe what he saw. He reached out to Chuck on Facebook and asked him why he did what he did. Chuck messaged back to him that he didn't do it and that Mr. Haverfield was just a bad guy attempting to claim insurance fraud. Mr. Haverfield immediately started the legal process of making Chuck pay, while Chuck blocked him on Facebook. In April of 2021, Dave Haverfield had an angry tenant use the COVID-19 eviction moratorium against him and live rent-free. Before moving out, he destroyed the apartment, causing an estimated $15,000 in damages. The total cost of everything, including the unpaid rent, is closer to the $25,000 range. As this is still a new story, there is no word on whether or not the Chuck character will have to pay or answer for his actions. But one thing is for certain. Whether or not he loses money or winds up behind bars, Chuck escaped moving day. And that is a victory that no law can ever take away. <laughs> oh my God. Chuck is maybe the most pettiest criminal we have ever discussed thus far. 14 months. Holy cow. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm just, does it say how old Chuck was? It didn't say that. It didn't actually give his name either. So I had to make it up. It wasn't me covering up for anybody. I, they just never said his name. Once he gets convicted though, I imagine we'll know it. Nice. Okay. Yeah. This guy needs to be shamed forever. Yeah. Like what a little shit. Yeah. I mean, just all of this stemmed because he was using more parking spaces than he should have as a one person. Oh God. Oh, he is just the epitome of that person <laughs> that 
is always the victim, no matter what. Oh, man, that one was brutal. But again, like you said, he did escape moving day. Lucky, lucky dog. (laughs) So if you hear anything about me making some drastic measures to avoid two moving days, you know. Don't be too shocked. I don't know. I, I'm thinking maybe you were just doing some research on like how to, how to get out of moving day yourself. Yeah. Now you know why I said I'm inspired and I need to do a different story for this week. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my God. That's amazing. Well, and I don't know about our third story. I can't quite remember, but as far as your and I stories, the connection goes, I mean, two homes were defaced and <laughs> and destroyed. And they both had eggs involved. Oh, what did you say about eggs? He had broke eggs on the floor or in rooms or something. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. If there's an egg in this next story, I don't think there is. But I'm going to be shocked. (laughs) Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> okay. So now we're going to listen to, and her name is Becca from the... Uh, West West London Witch? Yes. Okay, okay. Um, We're going to listen to her story now, and I can't freaking wait to hear what you've done with it. Oh, I I love the way this turned out. Oh, yay. So exciting. Okay, let's go ahead and hear this. The Strazina family farm is a magical place, and I'm lucky enough to call it my childhood home. Set in an ordinary suburban neighborhood in Southern California, there is a row of extraordinary homes. The entire neighborhood is full of custom 1970s houses, very reminiscent of the Brady Bunch. Every lawn is perfectly manicured, and the neighborhood is obsessed with the local school, keeping the park clean and the tiny community safe. At the back of this very normal collection of houses, there is a street that on one side has homes with regular-sized plots, And on the other side of the wide road are vast lawns, sprawling driveways, and spacious houses. Although the homes are large, it's what's behind them that's really interesting. Each of the houses have land, zoned for big animals. The yards are full of chickens, turkeys, goats, pigs, alpacas, ducks, horses, and lots and lots of dogs and cats. There is a secret easement and equestrian trail behind the homes that each yard lets out onto. It's a space where you can walk your dogs, ride your horses, or pull tractors or trucks into the back of your yard. Behind the equestrian trail is a canal, then a bike path, and then the river. It's a very quiet space, shaded by ancient eucalyptus and cypress trees. And only the residents really go back there. However... In the mid-2000s, a cycling group noticed that if you rode your bike to the end of the equestrian trail, you could cut through to the bike path. This led to a constant stream of lycra-clad racers zooming down the back lane. 
It was a sad time for the residents, as the cyclist had no respect for the dogs and horses and caused more than a few accidents and collisions. The equestrian trail was now devoid of equine plodding along the path, their clippity-clop accompanying the chickens and the roosters' songs, and was now filled by the grinding of gears, the screeching of tires, and the whiz of racing cycles. Along with the cyclist came the walkers, folks going for an afternoon stroll, and others who came to get a glimpse at the back of the farms. Hey, look at the back of that farm! Then came the cars. Teens looking for a good place to hide out and get busy. Neighbors looking for a good place to dump old clangers. And others just cruising, watching, surveying. It was wildly getting out of hand. This was a private trail, owned by the residents for the exclusive use of the animals and their tractors. There was a serious safety concern also. At night, there were lights and hooded figures out the back, dogs patrolling, endlessly barking at prowlers. And it wasn't long before the first break-in happened. They chose a house at the end of the street, drove up the trail to the back gate, opened the fence, drove up to the house, filled up the truck with tools, personal possessions, and electronics, and drove away. It was a perfect crime all done in the bright glow of daylight. At first, they targeted houses without dogs or animals, but soon became so brazen they were hitting multiple houses in a morning. Since it was the mid-2000s, the use of home CCTV was not widespread. The neighbors clubbed together to put some cameras up at the entrance and exit, but mainly, we lived in fear that we could be next. At the time, the Strazina family farm had chickens, a wide, fruitful vegetable garden, and over 60 fruit trees. We had my cat, Rosie Marie, and three dogs, Daisy the Retriever, Tobin the Border Collie Chow Cross, and Foxy, our German Shepherd. All the animals, even the chickens, are rescue animals. And although the dogs look big, they definitely were not scary and very accustomed to people coming into the yard we highly doubted their ability to guard the house. They were just too sweet, too friendly, and far too eager to please. Several months went on, and all was quiet. There were still the bikes and the looky-loos, but the homes were safe and the animals were content. Yet all of a sudden, with a nasty, violating vengeance, the break-ins began again. The whole street was on high alert. So when one of the neighbors got a call that his dog was running loose around the neighborhood, he knew what had transpired. He ran home, calling the police en route. The police raced over to the neighborhood, blocking off all the exits. They bolted down the back trail, throwing up clouds of dust and leaves. They could see a truck, now abandoned, and a gate swinging eerily on its hinges. The truck was full of farm equipment, tools, and the home was in total disarray. But the thieves had disappeared into the plumes of dust and rolling tumbleweeds. The police were dumbfounded. They had to be here somewhere. All the exits were covered by officers. But the trail was silent, bleached in the California sun, and underscored by bleeding goats, cooing chicks, and the soft rustling of the eucalyptus. As the officers stood on the empty trail, 
an almighty symphony of barks emitted from the Strazina family farm. Tobin and Foxy were snapping, growling, barking, teeth bared, foam dripping from cerise gums, teeth gnashing, and hair alert on their bodies. The police ran over to the dogs, who were now going wild. As they looked across, they realized three men had hopped the fence and were now in the canal trying to escape the manhunt. And they would have gotten away with it, too if it weren't for those meddling Strazina mutts. The neighborhood was alight with joy. We were safe, and the baddies were caught and going away for a very, very long time. A story started circulating the neighborhood that the Strazina dogs had saved the day. They came bearing steaks and treats for the fluffy crime fighters. But my parents didn't believe that our dogs could have possibly been the pups in question. They were just too placid. But that evening, on the 5 o'clock news, the opening story was all about a fluffy orange dog and his German Shepherd companion catching three thieves in the act. They ran B-roll of Tobin and Foxy barking as the police dragged the offenders from the canal. Both dogs ate steak dinners that night. The equestrian trail has been returned to its original purpose. No more bikes, and few passerbys. Now the horses and dogs rule the trail once more. We walk our alpacas down the back and take leisurely wine and walks along the trail on long summer nights. Tobin and Foxy have both passed now, but they remain local heroes. And eventually, I believe they will become legends. I mean, I am blown away how that turned out. She, I was just telling you, before we hit record again, that, wow, what an amazing writer. She really, uh, her story just fit with our style so well. It set you up for all those great sound effects that you do. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that story. Yeah, she's got a great narrating voice and very visual writer. It made the sound effects. I mean, I feel like I still didn't hit all of them that I could have with what she did. Right, right. <laughs> the dogs barking. <laughs> I can't get over that. The symphony of dogs. Bark, bark, bark. Bop, bop, bop. Yeah. Oh my God. That was so well done. And, you know, her story did kind of tie into ours because there was home damages done. Mm -hmm. And also there were chickens running around. And you know what comes with chickens? Poop. (laughs) Eggs. Oh, eggs, of course. Yes. Oh my God. This is a whole episode about eggs. I just feel it in my core. Should have had that Alfred Hitchcock (laughs) thing for that one. I know. It's also, I think, our first story that's really ended with a happy ending, I would say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the dogs saved the day. They were on the local news. How much more of a happy ending can you get? Yeah, I mean, this was... I mean, we get ones where bad guys get caught, but it's still kind of like that dread. Yeah. But this was literally just... Heroes were born. I know. Fluffy little heroes. You know, I wonder if she has pictures of these animals because I'd love to post them. We'll oh, have to I ask. I bet she does. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to ask. Oh, my God. Well, thank you to her again. We will definitely put her information on the episode notes and tag her on social media and everything because you guys definitely need to check her out as well. But yeah, she's, I, she's got a great show. She talks about a lot of paranormal stuff. She interviews people and has music in the background. It's really nice. 
can't wait for you guys to hear her. So, wow. And I just am so thrilled that we have people who are putting out that effort and sending Mm -hmm. us their stories because that's what it's all about, you know? I love it. It's a lot of fun getting to... I mean, I love doing our stories, but it's fun seeing other people's true experiences. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, that was a great episode. We had a lot of laughs and uh, not a lot of tears, so I'd say we made it out alive. Yeah, we really (laughs) got away from my dilemma and we kept her positive. (laughs) Right. Oh, man. Well, I hope everyone has a beautiful week and just remember... No matter the crime, big or small, in the end... We're all doomed. All doomed. Bye, guys. See ya. Thank you for listening to Seriously Sinister. If you have a true petty crime story to share, please email us at seriouslysinisterpodcast at gmail.com or send us a Facebook message. If you would like to support our show, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Also, tell your friends about this podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Seriously Sinister Podcast. And on Twitter at Seriously Sin Pod. Shout out to Trevin for writing all of the original music you hear and for producing our show. Follow him and his music at Fiesta Maiden on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Facebook. Shout out to Miranda Lucas for creating our podcast logo. You can find her on Instagram at MirandaLucas26. All stories are written by myself and Trevin, and all stories are based on actual, true, petty crimes. 